0: Hey, everyone, welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato, founder and fitness coach of Thrivology in Alexandria, Kentucky. Today, we will continue our conversation on counting calories. Last time, we covered a bunch of information. I'm not gonna go over all of that again today. Make sure you go back and review that episode from last time, the previous episode, part one of this series, if you wanna gain all of that. We will, however, briefly go over a quick summary. Number one, yes, all calories are the same. No, all all calories are not created equal. Why? Because when it comes to calories, there is a big gray area. In other words, there are a lot of things that change the actual calories that you're taking in. While you may write down 2000 calories, you may not actually be taking in that many calories, number one it may be more it may be less because there can be a deviation on the label itself number two because of the nutrients that are in the meal the availability of the nutrients of the food the order in which you eat them the time of day that it is the way that your body processes calories you may not be actually utilizing all those calories actually you're most likely not so There are lots of things that go into calorie counting and knowing how many calories you're taking in and actually using. I think that's kind of the biggest part of all of this, is what are the calories that you're using? While you may be taking in 2,000 calories, you're most definitely not utilizing all of those calories. So. There's a whole nother conversation to be had about the calories out portion, meaning your energy that you're expending throughout the day based on all of the activities that you're doing, which we'll do at a later date, which we haven't even, we barely even touched on. So there's a lot that goes into that number. So counting calories, while all calories are the same, They all combust the same in a bomb calorimeter. All calories are not equal. They do not have the same impact. They're not processed the same, so on and so forth. So today we're going to talk about what happens when we restrict calories. So assuming that the majority of you and the majority of people who count calories are trying to lose weight. That's why we're going to talk today about what happens when we restrict calories because that's what needs to happen in order to lose weight. Technically, as the equation goes, calories out needs to be less than calories. I'm sorry. Try that again. Calories out needs to be more than calories in. In other words, you need to burn more than you eat if you want to lose weight. Technically, true. So, uh, but there's a whole host that plays into that. So make sure you review last episode in order to understand that. What happens when we restrict calories? In order to understand that, we're going to look at another study. I like to reference studies as often as possible because they do not necessarily prove anything. I forget the saying of a scientist that I heard one time. All, most things are just theories. The only thing that is definitely true is that two plus two is four. Outside of that, when you see a study, everything is still just a theory. Uh, Because you can always find something against what you're trying to confirm. That doesn't make it wrong. It just means that it may not be the same for you. Uh, But what science can tell us is if there's a general consensus around an idea and around a thing, then it tells us what usually happens. So that's why I like to reference studies. That was a little side tangent. Uh, Today, we're going to spend a decent amount of time on this study, the Minnesota Starvation Experiment. So during World War II, about 20 million soldiers died on the field of battle. Lots of people, 20 million soldiers on average. On average, that's not the right way to say that. About 20 million. Outside of soldiers... About another 20 million, about the same number died either through warfare itself or through starvation. To think about the 1940s, mid-1940s, early to mid-1940s is challenging for us, of course, for most of us today because it is 80 years later. So the food availability the united states not challenging again that's hard for us to appreciate world war ii was happening over in europe so it's hard for us to appreciate what was happening there and the availability of food which again we don't there we don't have that issue like the idea of starvation to us is so misconstrued it's just hard to even fathom we say that we're starving when really we don't even know what hunger feels like most of us do so like starvation is a very real thing, and it has deteriorated and killed, killed yes, killed lots of people. This time frame alone, like I said, around 20 million people, citizens through either warfare or through starvation. So during this time, there was a researcher named Ansel Keys. Ansel Keys will come up in another conversation down the road, far down the road. Because he also did another study that had a gigantic impact on everybody today. I'm not going to get into. Excuse me. I don't know what that was. Not going to get into that. Um, Ansel Keys saw that this was happening. Saw that many people were starving because of the warf- warfare that was going on around them. So he wanted to see number one what was going on, like what happens when a person is in starvation if you will and number two what can we do what can we learn so that we can hopefully help these people so he put together the minnesota starvation experiment the experiment was of 36 conscientious objectors in other words men who didn't go to war and decided not to go to war because they were against war but they still wanted to help in some way so they decided to be part of this experiment unbeknownst to them it would be a very grueling experiment the experiment was in total about 44 weeks long from very beginning all the way to the end of the experiment experiment which we'll see the phases of that in a second so 36 men males were recruited they took all of their measurements in the beginning of course once they once they brought them on and got the experiment started, took all of their measurements, weights, of course, measurements of their body, blood measurements, measurements of metabolism levels, all kinds of different numbers, which we'll go over some of those at the end of this. The first 12 weeks of the study, the participants were fed 3,200 calories a day. That's a very nice uh, intake of food. They were told to walk or run 22 miles a week and do 15 hours a week of light labor that's just labor throughout you know they did they had a garden that they tilled and they kept up with and then they did their laundry like they did that kind of stuff so light kind of stuff like daily chores kind of things plus some outdoor labor kind of work nothing too intensive but just mildly intensive effort that was the first 12 weeks 3200 calories 22 miles of walking or running a week, along with 15 hours of mild to light labor a week. The next 12 weeks, their calories were dropped, cut in half to around 1,600, 1,570 calories per week, give or take. And they maintained the same physical activity level for that same 12 weeks. So they were still told to walk or run 22 miles a week as well as do their 15 hours of light labor after that time frame so that's 24 weeks right there they did about a 20-week refeed if you will so they ended the 12 weeks of starvation or energy um, deficit and slowly refed them added their calories back in over the course of 20 weeks So it wasn't just like, hey, stop, bam, added all their calories back in. They slowly, systematically put their calories, um, added their calories back in until they got to a baseline level at the end of the 20 weeks. It was probably before that, but you get the idea. Okay, so that's the layout of the experiment. 12 weeks of probably excess calories, maybe 3,200 calories if they're doing that much activity. They probably are breaking even and then 12 weeks of 1600 calories a day so they literally cut it in half but they maintained their physical activity level what happened at the end of that 12 week period where they went from 3200 calories to 1600 calories so that's what we're focusing on is that 12 week period that's a diet a 1600 calorie diet if you will during that time frame they lost on average 25% of their body weight which most people are like that's great 25 percent that's fantastic that's what I'm trying to do okay Um, so the average male in the 1940s weighed about 170 pounds so they lost 42 pounds about which brought them down to 128 pounds if you can imagine 128 pounds on a 5.8 frame male pretty svelte pretty skinny Mostly emaciated looking, so pretty thin. Their resting metabolic rate dropped went down by 40%. What does that mean? So your resting metabolic rate is what most people are talking about when they talk about metabolism. Oh, my metabolism has slowed down, blah, 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 blah. That's why I put on weight. When most people talk about metabolism, generally what they're talking about is resting metabolic rate. It is the amount of energy that you're burning by just being around and laying around. That went down by 40%. In other words, their metabolism slowed down by 40%. Uh, What else happened? Oh, oh, the calories per day. So here's how they measured that, or one of the ways they measured that. Um, On average, their resting metabolic rate was around 1,500 calories per day to begin with, at the end of that 12 week starvation, it was 900 calories per day. Significant drop in calories that they were burning. What else happened? So, so far, not too crazy and most people are maybe still thinking, oh, that's okay, I'm still all right with that. What else? Uh, skin, hair, nails, all of that good stuff deteriorated. Skin becomes flaky, nails become brittle, hair becomes brittle. Uh, Organ size shrank on average between 20 and 25%. That includes the heart, that includes the liver, that includes the kidneys and all those good things. All of that happened. So lots of things going on with the body due to this starvation. Um, After the refeed or during the refeed period, most of them returned to baseline, their baseline weight. In other words, the weight that they started with within about 12 weeks, And then by the end of the 20 weeks, they had added about 5% of their baseline weight. So they, about 5% extra weight on their body. And on average, by the end of that 20 weeks, they had more, their composition had shifted from muscle and fat, which everyone has muscle and fat. Let me rephrase that. Their composition had shifted more toward fat and less toward muscle. In other words, by the end of the 20 weeks, they had, on average, more, mu- more fat on their bodies and less muscle than they did at the beginning of the experiment. Okay, that's a lot. Let's uh, unpack it and see what we can figure out. So, first, no, let's not do that first. If we go back to the results, lost 25% of their weight. Their resting metabolic rate went down 40%. Skin, hair and nails all deteriorated, organs all shrank. What's happening there? Like why is all of that happening? Basically, when you think about again human evolution, if we go back to the idea of evolution which we talked about during the Movement Matter series, One of the theories of evolution was called variability selection. That basically means that human evolution was shaped on extreme environmental instability, and therefore our bodies are as they are based on being able to live in many different kinds of environments because over the course of a period of time as we were evolving, sometimes it was really, really cold. Sometimes it was hot. Sometimes it was in the middle. Sometimes there was food. Sometimes there wasn't. Sometimes whatever else was going on. So there was a lot that we had to deal with and evolve to. And because of that, the body built in compensations to deal with those kinds of things. So during famines, for instance, in other words, when we're starving uh, in, a, in an extreme calorie deficit, if you will, the body is prioritizing essential processes and essential organs and basically reducing or eliminating the things that don't matter we'll call these the expendables the expendable costs that is hair nails and skin that is even some other processes in the body even like i said the essentials are shrunk down your metabolism is slowed down because your body thinks that it's starving and it's going into famine mode and so it slows down your metabolism so that it doesn't eat itself up as fast In the meantime, all that muscle and fat, of course, people are trying to lose fat. So that's great. But your body's also going to eat the muscle that's on the body because muscle is much more active than fat, fat technically active in a sense, but muscle is a very active organ in the body. And therefore, when you go and you're not eating, you're in an extreme calorie deficit for a long period of time your body's going to start to take the muscle away from you because it sees it as expendable. It sees your na- your hair as expendable, your nails, uh, your eyes, a bunch of other things, sees it as expendable. So that's what happens when it's going, when it's going into famine mode, if you will, and you're in an extreme deficit. Uh, When, on the other hand, it then goes back into feast mode, so you've come out of this famine, now you have all this food available and you're going into feast mode, the body rapidly restores mostly its fat, everything else will come along with it, but the body will rapidly restore its fat because that's what it's going to use the next time you go into starvation, the next time you go into famine. Your metabolism... Your organ size, all of those other things, they can and will come along. chana, who are you trying to call? <laughs> they can and will come along. Um she's just hitting buttons for fun. She's prank calling somebody. Um kids these days, what are you gonna do with them? Spam them <laughs> or, or spamming somebody. Um when you when you go into starvation, or when you come out of starvation, your body's not sure when you're like, if you're going to go into starvation again, so it's going to start piling on fat, but the rest of it isn't going to come along as quick, like your metabolism's not going to your metabolism is not going to rebound as fast. Um, some research shows that it doesn't rebound at all. Uh, it does rebound a bit, but it doesn't rebound to your previous numbers. So while your body will gladly put on weight again, it's not gonna be the kind of weight that you may have been used to and the rest of your body's processes may not go back to their previous uh, modes, if you will. So what does that mean? Essentially, when you're in an extreme deficit, an extreme calorie deficit, your body reads that as famine. There's no food available, therefore I need to start making choices. I need to expend the expendables and I need to save the essentials. And even by saving the essentials, I'm going to slow them down so that I don't die faster. I need to be able to stay alive as long as possible. I'm not sure how long that's going to be, so these are the changes I'm going to make. And that's what happens when you are in a, uh, when you restrict calories. That's what happens when you restrict calories. Now, how I'm sure maybe you're thinking, what does that have to do with the way that I'm doing things? I don't, I'm not restricting my calories that much on purpose. And we're certainly not in a hunter gatherer environment. So what does that have to do with me? Well, when we think about when most of us make change, most maybe not be the right way to put it, but when a lot of us make change, What do we do when we decide I want to start to lose weight? What do a lot of us do? We first cut back on calories and second, start exercising. That's what a lot of us do. Not not everybody, but that's what a lot do. Cut back on calories and start exercising. So not only are you increasing possibly significantly increasing the amount of energy you're expending throughout a day, depending on how much you're exercising. You're also at the same time cutting the calories that you're eating at the same time. So even if you were in a caloric deficit to even begin with, you have significantly increased that caloric deficit. Just put a big gap there um, so that your Energy output is all of a sudden much greater and energy input is all of a sudden much smaller. And we think that then making that gap bigger is just going to push things along faster because when we're not making as much progress as we want to or we hit plateaus, we just make it bigger. We either try to move more, exercise harder, faster, whatever, or we try to eat less. Now, as we've seen in an extreme environment, that works. You will lose fat. You will also lose muscle. You will also probably feel like crap because your energy levels are going to be low and your metabolism is going to be sluggish and a lot of other things are going to be going on that your body's slowing down because it's in such a deficit. But the question is, is that what you want? Yes, weight loss is very important for health for many reasons but you can also be very skinny and very unhealthy you can also be overweight quote unquote and be healthier than a person who's skinny so while that transition is important for a number of other reasons the question is what are you going to trade off for that transition do you want that extreme cut and you want to feel all these potential downfalls from having such an extreme deficit who knows what that what that brings or do you want to figure out a way to make that smaller so that you don't have that extreme deficit so that you are making it more sustainable so that you are keeping that gap close enough that it is you're making progress but you're not deteriorating the body that's totally up for you to decide But it's important to know that there are those decisions to be made and those differences. So um, that was a lot to unpack. Our next conversation is with Trevis Jansen, which we've already had, in which she goes over her story, which is a great story, a fantastic story, because she basically does this. She goes through a starvation time frame, she has a realization, and then she starts making other changes because she doesn't like what she sees. I'm not gonna go any further into that because I don't wanna ruin the story because it's a fantastic story. So please look forward to that. Um, But nonetheless, let's do a quick summary of what we learned. When in extreme caloric deficit, what happens? Yes, we lose weight, but we're losing weight in ways that is not sustainable and healthy to our body. Our body's taking muscle off of us, which we need in order to live a vibrant life past the age of 60. We have less muscle. It's just going to happen that we're going to de- deteriorate faster because we don't have the strength to move around and be independent. We, Our metabolism slows down. In this study, it was 40%. That's not an unusual number in other studies. So when you go into a caloric deficit, technically you're you're beating your head against the wall because your metabolism is slowing down so being in an extreme deficit um, can be counterproductive in that way uh, all your connective tissues they're expendable to the body so they, they start to deteriorate so a couple questions that you can think about based on this information first it's worth remembering that yes a caloric deficit is necessary for for weight loss but it's not as simple as calories in calories out um, or it's not as easy it is that simple but it is not that easy meaning there's a lot that plays in to both sides calories in and calories out there's a lot that plays into it so it's worth remembering that here's a couple questions number one am i paying attention to the types of food that i'm eating in other words last time we talked about processed foods and the continuum of processed foods all foods are processed some are more so than others are you paying attention to those kinds of foods and if you're having more processed foods or less processed foods that's going to impact your calorie consumption and the utilization of calories from your body number two have i overshot my calorie deficit too much again if you're just getting started and you immediately started exercising three days a week, and you immediately cut your calories, think about that big shift. You, immediately, you started expending a lot more energy and cut your calories way down, so you created a big deficit in your calories. Deficits needed in order to lose weight, but a gigantic deficit your body doesn't re- respond as well to. Um, number three, what can I do to balance my caloric needs so what are some things that you can do to to start start to shift your caloric needs whatever that is you have to be aware number one about what you're expending a day about and then number two about where your deficit is now or your surplus if you're in a surplus and you're trying to lose weight it's worth being aware of it which is why counting calories can be very useful understand that counting calories is just a tool it is just a tool to help you help not just but it is a very useful tool to bring awareness to where you are you have to do that for some amount of time sometimes in order to know what's even going on if you don't know what's going on you can't change anything it's almost that simple you can start to change but you don't know what you're changing so know what you're using counting calories for use them effectively if you if you use them ineffectively it's just going to be much more challenging so that's that i could rant more but it's not going to be useful so we're going to end it on that <laughs> that <bang. laughs> that was my hands banging on the table um, okay make sure that you subscribe that was my hands again make sure you subscribe and share subscribe and share uh we have some exciting things coming up um so I'm just going to say it so that it's kind of in the back of your head. I can't say for certain. You'll hear about them in the next couple of weeks, I think. But, uh, but we'll see. We have some things that will help you along this journey, most definitely. Nonetheless, make sure you share with your friends so they, they get the good news too. And until next time, my friends, here's to your success and health and fitness mastery.